Okay, I'm just uh, setting this up. Hopefully, it's better than yesterday. Okay. It's too quiet, Rabbi. Say somebody, say something. Okay. Today's shear. Um, today's shear is being sponsored to coincide with the Shuru School Network fundraising campaign at charity.com slash shuvu. I don't know if we do that, but okay, they stuck it in here. In honor of Talmidim at the school who have gone on to cover many dapim and shas. Okay, fine. Shuvu, a charity. Now, by the Sherman family of Kew Garden Hills, in honor of my Rebbe, the steam Reb Eli Stefan. I should read this stuff beforehand. The steam Reb Eli Stefanski Shlita, yeah? I think your mic is not connected right. What's the matter? Oh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what do you mean I'm not connected? The sound on, the sound on Zoom is not good? Yeah. I don't have a microphone for Zoom. That's the problem. So what happened yesterday? How did it work yesterday? Why is it different than yesterday? You guys hear me or no? Because we hear you, but it's covered out of the... Okay, so I'll tell you what. So you need to get... Uh, maybe send Yeshua over with the other microphone. The small microphone like this. This microphone that has a small piece. I think that's what we were using last time. Yeah, we're missing it. All right, so let me repeat again, because it was so chashev. By the Sherman family of Kew Garden Hills, in honor of my Rebbe, my Rebbe, the steam Rebbe Eli Stefanski Shlita. Shall I say it again? And Yehoshua, Aaron Price, and Yosef Bilya, Gary, Ben Moshe, it says here, and the technical team, and everyone else at MDY, and 8minutedav.com, for an unbelievable job they do in spreading Torah across the globe. On this, the 7th of Tammuz, the end of the first six months, of this Daf Yomi cycle. Okay, so I guess today is six months in. Thank you for allowing me to learn Torah from you consistently since the 8th of Tevis. May Hashem grant you the ability to continue to spread Torah for many, many more years to come. Amen. May we be zoichot to be able to join you soon in person. Shukayach. Thank you. Beautiful. Okay. I don't know what that means. Something about... Official from official catering is sponsoring Ahmed Bays today. Oh, a short email here. Dear Rebelli, this is from Eliezer Kessler. His wife is the one that has that Navi thing uh, inspired by our shir. Navi for women on WhatsApp. Thank you for mentioning the Tanakh Yomi program and asking that Yosef send out the link. Over 100 new participants joined. Yishkoyach. I also wanted to send a hearty Yishikoyach to Yosef for his hard work and Reb Nachman Seltzer for his kind words. Yosef gave me an idea of some of the work that goes on behind the scenes and is amazing. WhatsApp only allows 256 members per group. The 8-Minute DAF has 46 groups. That means you are reaching 11,776 people with each, me- with each message. Yeah, but he forgot all the groups that I send out. And he forgot all the people that watch on the app and some people watch on YouTube and some, some people watch on all daf and some people watch whatever. But kids are, we're over 15,000 Baruch Hashem. 
But every Jew has it figured out how much money plenty makes and this and make the cheshbon. Okay, it's a good cheshbon, not bad. I'm not, I'm not knocking his cheshbon, but it's not exact. 11,776 people that Yosef sends out. That's true. Yosef is in charge of that. He says that the tech message we receive takes about an hour to send to everyone. That is, this is almost a full-time job. May Hashem give you all the strength to be able to keep up the great work. Eliezer Kessler, yeah, Yishkoyach to Yosef Biliak. He does an amazing job getting it out. People think he's Machal Shabbos because it comes a couple of hours after he sends it on Friday and it comes in on Shabbos. Bekitzer is Gishmach. All right. New parak, Rabbi Yisai. Dav, Kuf, Tes, Vav, Omed Aleph, brand new parak. This is a parak that's going to be discussing what you're permitted to say from a fire, what not. All the way at the end of the parak, goes into Amir La'akum, the whole thing. Nachi Shidduk Sander, fine. Says the Mishnah. Kol Kisve HaKodesh Matzilin Oisam Epnei Hadleiko. You're allowed to save any ksavim, that means Torah, Nevim, and Ksuvim, from a fire. I don't remember exactly what year it was, but I was in the Mir Yeshiva in Brooklyn when I was a kid. I think it's somewhere around 1983, but it might be off by five years in either direction. And in the middle of davening, like Musaf time, there was a fire in the boiler room and somebody started screaming fire fire and everybody jumped out of their seats and they were there was panic and chaos but somebody ran to the Aron Kodesh and he started chucking the Sifri Torah out of the Aron Kodesh literally that's what I remember as a kid they were going out the window I don't know if somebody's I'm sure somebody's on the other side of the window they were out the window they took everything out of the Aron Kodesh and threw it out Mir in Brooklyn if you remember that story let me know Akobanim you're allowed to save. Now, what's the problem of saving a Sefer Torah? Because the Gemara is going to later explain, not today. There's a problem of this Tirchi Yisera. It's a little bit too much work that typically you're not allowed to do unless it's a Sefer Torah. And also because of the type of Eruv that we're discussing. There's a problem with the Sheet of Mavais, whatever. Bain Shekarim Bahen, Ubain Chen Karim Bahen. Whether these are Nevi'im that you read from, or whether these are ksuvim that you don't read from. Now, we don't read ksuvim. Now, in Shul, we certainly don't read ksuvim. But Rashi brings here a beautiful Rabbeinu Alevi. And this has to do with the end of the Mishnah. But we'll jump here and stick it in. That they made a that people should not read ksuvim on Shabbos. Because what happens is ksuvim are gishmak. They're really gishmak to read. You have Mishle, you have Koheles, Tehillim. Don't read it on Shabbos, because if you read it, you're not going to go to Shul and listen to the drushes and hear halachas and Gemara. So, whether these are Nevi'im that you read them, whether these are Ksuvim that you don't read. Now, this Mishnah is going to need a lot of help. Just the, just the wording doesn't really fit in according to anyone. And we're going to have to stick in a word here, a word there to make it work. So we're going according to the Manda Omar right now that says you're not allowed to read from, let's say, a Sefer Torah, a Megillah, whatever it is that was written in another language. You're not allowed to read from it. So even though it was written in another language, let's say somebody wrote an art scroll, Chumash, all in English. So what? So if you just read it simply, 
So even though it was written in English, you have to bury it. What about, are you allowed to save it? So the Gemara is going to go into it, because something's missing here. And why don't we read from these Ksuvim? We explained a second ago that people shouldn't just sit back and enjoy themselves learning Koyhelis and Mishle and all the stuff, the Gishmaka stuff from Ksuvim. They should come to the Beis Medrash and listen. I'll just throw in here real quickly that in our scroll Gemara, let's say, if it was completely in English, you could say from a fire. Why? Because of the concept of they permitted us to write things down in English, in different languages. So therefore, once it was permitted to be written down and to learn from, then I have to save it from a fire. Is in those days that you weren't allowed to write it in English, you weren't, write, you weren't allowed to translate. That was the problem, that's the machlaikis, whether or not you could. But Bizman you could. The very interesting shaila is what if all these art scrolls are made by Gaim, let's say. Yeah, the factory is full of Gaim. So if you, the Jew, own it, great. What if an art scroll was written by a guy and owned by a guy? Do you have a chiv to, to save it or not? It's a shayla that Mishaburah discusses. And he says it's usur because there's no ace la sois la on his art scroll. I remember, just I'm thinking now, there was a big flood or a tornado in Florida, and this African American guy, he brought his art scroll stuff out and he said, This is the only thing. That was saved. It was on the news. I remember this, this WhatsApp was going around. He said, this is what was saved, these art scrolls. Anyway, so if it's owned by him, there's no They weren't matter for him. So therefore, you don't have to save his English translated books. Our English translated svarim, we have to, we have to save. Says the Gemara, so now we'll explain it a little bit better. Where is that? Itmar, targum All these svarim, kol anything, Tanakh, If they were translated targum, meaning in Aramaic, oy or in English, Ravuna Omar, So machlaik is Ravuna and Rav We're going to go to town on Ravuna. We don't like Ravuna. The Gemara goes crazy on Ravuna. Keeps on attacking him. Rav Chizda is safe from this attack completely. So Ravuna says that you don't save these svarim. You have, imagine, you have a shas written in English, translated in English, or not a shas. Let's talk about Nevi'im for a second. Nevi'im. In English, you don't save it. You let it burn. It says Hashem's name, the Bible, whatever. You let it burn. Ei matzilin. We're going to see, yes, the Gemara is going to attack Rav Yosef Yosef, over and over, Rav Huna, over and over. But the Gemara says that he has a Tana that he relies on. So he's good. That's the end of the Sugya. So it says the Gemara, According to the Manda Omar, that you could read from them, meaning, if you could read from it, that means you could write it. So if you could read from it, so it's a regular safer, a regular safer, you have to save. Bizain Kach, I mean you can't have Hashem's name go up in flames. Hashem's Torah go up in flames. That's if you can read from it. Keep Ligi, I'll leave the Mandomar learning the Kulikrisbah. 
The whole machlis of Rav Huna and Rav Chizda is when you're not allowed to read from it. You're not allowed to read from it. Do I allow it to burn or not? Rav Huna, what's the point of saving it? You can't even read from it. It doesn't have Gdusha. Let it go. Let it burn. Rav Chizda Omar, Matzilin, Mishum, Bezayin, Kisvei, HaKodesh. Again, we're talking about going out of your way, carrying heavy stuff on Shabbos. Perhaps you shouldn't be doing this. So, Rav Chizda says, it's still a Bezayin for Kisvei HaKodesh. It's still, it has some Gdusha. It it's the Holy Word written there. You can't just let it go up in flames. So how does this fit in with our Mishnah? You just read from the Mishnah, it says, let's read the Mishnah ourselves. Doesn't matter if it's Nevingsu. And then it says, Even if it was written in any language, So, it would seem almost from our Mishnah that it's, <coughs> if it was written in another language, it needs Gniza, so it has Gdusha, you should save it. That's what it would seem like, to me at least. Says the Gemara, Tanan, we learned in our Mishnah, You save it from a fire. Whether it's Nevim or Ksuvim, even though it's written in any language. My love, Now, the Gemara is going to say this line, and we're sticking with this. This is the real Pshad, and this is how we explained it in the Mishnah, and nobody argues on this. So the beginning of the Mishnah, the first line in the Mishnah, Shekarim Ben means, what do you read? In every shul, you read on Shabbos, you read Nevi'im. Shekarim Ben Nevi'im. Bahem. What can, can't you read on Shabbos? Ksuvim. You don't read Ksuvim on Shabbos. Avapi Shekarim Bechal Lashayim. Even though these are written in English, Deloinitnu Likrois Bahem. Okay. Can't read it. It seems like, even though it was written in any language, you could save it. And Ravuna says you should not save it if it was written in any language, translated. Wait a minute. The whole Mishnah needs a fix. We need to re edit the Mishnah. So if we're going to edit the Mishnah, let's edit it the way I like it. What does the Mishnah say? It says you should save this, this, uh, this scroll. It's written, holy, this, this, this nach, this Bible, call whatever you want in English. You have to save it from a fire. No, so if you have to save it from a fire, that means it's Kaddish. So what are you going to do with it? Not put it in Gniza. Of course you're going to put it in Gniza. So why does the Mishnah have to say you put it in Gniza? All right, one of this brand we say, put it in Gniza. Hashtag, so you want to see the Gniza with Bayer. If you're going to go be over Isidur Rabbanon to save it on Shabbos, carry it and bring it into a movie that doesn't have an Erev and everything. So of course, when the time comes and the Sefer Torah that's written in English is, is, is falling apart, what are you going to do? Throw it in the garbage? Of course you have to put it in the Gniza. So each one is going to have to explain the Mishnah and add a word or two and make the Mishnah work according to his own Shita. That stays and that's going to be a standard. Why we go back, it's not 100% clear. But we're going to explain the beginning of the Mishnah. Maybe you could stick in, let's say, means 
uh, another language, let's say. It was trans- so we know, we're going to explain. Bein Shekarim Ba'am means Nevi'im. We read Nevi'im in a shul. Bein Shekarim Ba'am is talking about Ksuvim. We don't read Ksuvim on Shabbos. Oh, here's the edit. Bemed Varmamurim, you have to stick in all these words. Bemed Varmamurim, Shekarim Ba'am is when do you save something if it was written properly in, in Lashon HaKadosh? So here's an edit. So I just put, printed it out so you could see. Everything in red is added by Rav Hono. Everything. Right? Dot, dot, dot. And then he sticks in the red. Now instead of saying Afal P, he takes out the Afal P. In the, our mission it says Afal P, he takes it out completely. And he goes, Aval. And then he sticks in, Vafilu Hachi. Okay? It's a lot of editing. Now, just if you have the question, how could he edit so much and stick in so many words? So the true answer is that it's not a true edit. It's an edit for us to understand what the mission is saying. He read it without the edit. To him it was Pashat. Nevertheless, he stuck it in. That was how they understood the Mishnah without these edits. For us to understand it, he, he's just, these edits are for us common folk to understand what it says in the Mishnah. They didn't have to stay They never said it like that. They read the Mishnah as is, obviously. That's how everybody memorized it. And it meant to them, and they understood when do you save a Sefer Torah? When it's written in Lashon HaKadosh. That's it. When it's written in English, you don't save it. Nevertheless, says the Mishnah, even though it's written in English, you have to bury it. Okay, that's a Chiddush. That's a very big Chiddush. You ask me, why do you have to tell me to bury it? I'll tell you why you have to bury it. You have to bury it because you don't save it. If a big fire comes, let it burn. With Hashem's name, let it burn. I don't care, let it burn. You don't be Mechal Shabbos. You don't start carrying on Shabbos. Oh, so if you're going to let it burn, maybe when it rots, when it's uh, 400 years old, maybe just throw it in the garbage. No. That's what the, the Mishnah says. And it fits in very nicely, actually. If you think about it, it fits in well. Now, Rav Chizda has to edit it his way. That everybody agrees. He agrees to Rav Huna that that's the beginning of the Mishnah. Whether it's Nevim that you read in a shul, and whether it's Ksuvim that you don't read at all on Shabbos. And he doesn't edit this. This is what it says in the Mishnah. What do you do? Matzilin. That word is not in the Mishnah. Oh. You know what? I have to uh, edit my thing here. Matzilin. Here we go. It's not in red. I just had a circle. You see? Matzilin. I just circled. That has to be red. That circle. That is not in the Mishnah. Matzilin. I, I printed it at 7.05. My, my bad. Okay? I have to go back and, and redo it. So he adds this word right over here. Matzilin. That even though... I highlighted this, Nami, Nami Matzilin. Okay, fine. The point is that even though it's written in another language like English, you must save it. So how do you read it? Period. You have to save it. Another halacha, 
Tunim Gniza. They also, you have to, but what does it mean Tunim Gniza? We had a big question. If you have to save it, and be Michal Shabbos to save it, so of course, when the time comes, you have to bury it properly. The answer is, we're not talking about burying it normally. The answer is, What if it falls apart, it's rotted, there's nothing left. Worms got to it and they left a pile of nothing. A pile of, of parchment that looks like this. Mekek. Then also, that's a big chiddush that you need to bury it. Okay, now we're going to attack Ravuna. Ravuna says, you don't save a safer that was written in another language. If these Sfarim were written in Aramaic, the Chalashoin and in English, it says, you do save. Big question to Yufta the Ravuna. Brushes it off. I don't care about this Kasha. That goes according to the Mandama that says, you're allowed to read from it. You're allowed to read from it. You have to save it. I don't hold you allowed to read from it. I can't, I can't hold it. You can save it. But this is a bigger problem. Tashma, Hayyuksuvim, Giftis. Different languages. Giftis. Maddis. Giftis is like a, an Egyptian language. Oh, this is probably Rabbi Schoenberg's big uh, Mumchish guide, right? You know what this Giftis stuff is, right? Giftis and Maddis. This is, this is Rabbi Schoenberg's daf. Daf Kuftesva, because it talks about Giftis and Yivan. Then it's going to talk about inks also. Oh, Mamish Ganeiden. Madis, Ivris, Elamis, Yivanis. Now the only one that I know about is Yivanis, and then we say that Yivanis has a special halacha that you can write a Sevetar in Greek. Fine. Let's just read these words. Look at what it says here. Even though you cannot read from it, what does that mean? You can't read. Why? Because you're not allowed to translate. You're not allowed to do it like now, if you're reading it just as is, it says Mephorosher, meaning, I cannot push it off like Ravuna pushed it off and says, oh, this goes according to the Tana that says, you're allowed to read from it. No, it says Mephorosher, you're not allowed to read from it. Nevertheless, this checkmate, he can't get out of this one. He can't, he can't defer, he, oh, it goes according to the other Mandomer. No, even the other Mandomer says over here, he could. Hi, Tzvi, fine. I want to say hello. I was looking for you for a few days. How you doing, Tzvi? I should say, Mr. Fine. And I'm, I'm waiting for an email from you. Your son was telling me when you started learning. It's a record. So write me an email, please. Shkoyach. So how does Ravuna get out of this one? Tanoi. At the end of the day, he has a Tana that I can rely on. This is a machlagis tanoim, and Ravuna says like one tana. If these svarim were written in any in Aramaic or any language, you could save it. No, so that's not Ravuna. Matzilu would almost sound like Rav Chizda. We'll see in a second. Oh, beautiful. So, Ravuna, the Amoira, has a Tana to rely on. His name is Rabbi Yaisi, And Rabbi Yaisi says, you don't save something that's translated. Translated, Navi, Nach, you don't save from a fire. Om Rabbi Yaisi. Rabbi Yaisi says, 
There was a story with my father, his name was Chalafto. Points out the Rebbe Kiva Eger, how, do you, how are you allowed to say your father's name? It says in Kiddushin, you're not allowed to say your father's name. And the Rambam Paskins, you're not allowed to say your father's name. From here you see, says the Rebbe Kiva Eger, that it's if you give your father an honorary name, Ba'aba, he called him Abba, Abba Chalafto, you could call him Rebbe, if your father's name is Shimon, you're allowed to say Rebbe Shimon says. You don't call him Shimon, but you call, say Rebbe, that's what he says. From here he says, because he called him Abba Chalafto. So my father, Abba Chalafta, went, He went to Gamliel, Beribi, says Rashi means the Gadol. And we'll see who, the, who he is in a second. Litveria. That's like, that's like the son of Rechaim saying, Rechaim says? Yeah. Reb is fine. Or Abba, Abba, Abba Chaim. Abba Chaim. Saba, Saba, Saba. Saba is beautiful, but he says, if he says Chaim, that's a problem. Yeah. Listen, anybody that says Chaim would have a major problem. You don't call him Chaim. Everybody has to call him with a little bit of a Hashem Levai. So, here, real quickly, I pulled this out of Brachas. And this is important for us now. Oh, man, you can't really see this. Fine. What's going on here is follows. I'll say about Pet. Hillel, the famous Hillel, he's all the way in the top. Look at the lineage here. Look at the Yichos, crazy Yichos. And it keeps on going, actually. Hillel, who was 100 years before the Churban of Bayesheni, he had a son, his name was Rebbe Shimon. And he had a son, Rebbe Gamaliel Azokin, the famous Rebbe Gamaliel Azokin. So keep note to this Rebbe Gamaliel Azokin. It's not that complicated. I'm just giving you a little history because Rashi brings it down. Rebbe Gamaliel Azokin had the famous Rebbe Shimon Gamaliel. We always have in Shas Rajbag, Rei Shin Beis Gimel, Rebbe Shimon Gamaliel. He was from the Hasarai Rugi Amalchus. He had a son, Rebbe Gamaliel. And that's the Rebbe Gamaliel we're talking about right now. I'll remind you, the famous, famous story of Masech Brachas, the Rebbe Gamaliel, he punished Rebbe Yeshua, he made him stand up, and everybody got mad at him, why are you making him stand? And they kicked him out, he wasn't a Roshiva anymore, and who did they bring instead? The story that we say in the Haggadah, Rebbe Loza ben Azariah, Haredin Kivin Shim Shana. That story, that's where it says, Right over there. So who is Rebbe Gamliel? He was the Galadar, he's the Roshiva, but they got rid of him because he disrespected Rabbi Yeshua. Remember that famous story? And that day they opened up the base Medrash and 400 new benches of people came in. The whole story. Who is Rebbe Gamliel? Rebbe Gamliel was, if I could, Rebbe Gamliel was the grandfather of Rebbe. Rebbe who wrote the Mishnayis. And Rebbe, by the way, Rebbe Danasi, he actually had two sons. One, one, had, one of his sons was Shimon, and the other one was Gamliel. Shimon and Gamliel. So it kept on going. Look at this. It's unbelievable. So who's Rebbe Gamliel's grandfather? If you go up, Rebbe Gamliel is Gamliel. Rebbe Gamliel, of the story of the Agadah, his grandfather is Rebbe Gamliel Hazakim. And his grandchild is Rebbe. Okay, that's all we have to know. So says the Gemara, there was a Maisa Ba'abe Chalafta Sholach Yitzurim Gamliel. Beribi. Okay, so Beribi makes a lot of sense now. He was the Goladar, he was the Rosh Hashiva, he was a great man. Beribi. There was a person only mentioned one time in Shas I found. 
His name was Yochanan Nazov. Some people say he was Becher, whatever, but maybe let's just say his name was Yochanan Nazov. He had Eov with the translation, the translation of Eov in Aramaic, because that's what they spoke in those days. And he's reading. Amr Gamliel tells him, Zochani Gamliel Avi Avicha. So, sorry. Um, Gamliel, yeah, I saw your grandfather, Rebbe Gamliel, he was in Harabayas. This exact story, there was an Eoiv with the translation. And a guy was building over there, and he tells him, Put it on the, you gotta bury it immediately. So too, they said, okay, bury this Eoiv right now, and they buried it. So you see, you're not allowed to have translation. This is Rabbi Yossi that holds you not allowed to have translation. They didn't bury it, it wasn't, they put clay over it. On my Rebbe, says Rebbe, the grandchild of Rimgamliel says, Now we know who Rebbe is. Rebbe is Rimgamliel's grandchild, who is Rabbi's grandchild, the original barrier of Yoiv, and the second barrier of Yoiv, and Rebbe says it's not what happened. They didn't have clay on Harabais. They built it with Trachsid. Remember, we had the sugi of Trachsid. You have it on your house, you have it on the wall. Trachsid was finer stuff. Rabbi Huda, whatever. What are you pouring stuff on this Eoiv? By you pouring clay on it, you're destroying it with your hands. Just put it in an unprotected place and let it go to waste on its own. Says the Gemara, man tanoi. So who has these tanoim that add up and, and equal the machloikis of Rav Huna and Rav Chizda? Ileima says the Gemara, Tanakama the Rabbi Yossi. So, it makes a lot of sense to say this Rabbi Yossi that we just spoke about, that says you have to get rid of these translated documents. So the Tanakama in there well, if you say Rabbi Yossi fits in with Rav Huna, so the one that argues with Rabbi Yossi, right here in this Braisa, is going to fit in with Rav Chizda. That makes the most sense for us right now. We have a Machlagis Rav Huna, Rav Chizda, we have a Braisa here with two Shittas, Tanakam and Rabbi Yossi. So each one will take one, and we're good to go. Now we're turning the page, the Daf Kuf Tezvon Bey, sponsored by official from official catering. The whole Amit Bey is sponsored by him. Look at him. Look how chashiv he is. He has a beard. I don't. I have, I have respect. The amount of chesed he does over there in Baltimore says the Gemara, which would make most sense for us. However, there's a little problem. Rav Chizda says, even if you cannot read from something, you're not allowed to read from it, you still have to save it. Right? We said the whole machlis between Rav Huna and Rav Chizda is in a case, according to the Mandalma, that says, you cannot read from it. But who told you that the person that argues in Rabbi Yossi holds that you have to save it, even though he holds himself that you can't read it? Maybe he holds it. The reason why you have to save it is because he could read it. It's a real Sefer Torah that you read from it. That's why he holds it, you save it. You don't have any proof that Rav Chizda holds like him. 
or that he holds like Rav Chizda. Ella, Rabbi Yaisi, the Tanakama, the Giftus. So Rabbi Yaisi, from one price, uh, fits in with Rav Huna, that's great. Rav Huna has who the Bisamechan. But who does Rav Chizda hold like? The other Bryce that we said beforehand. Remember when I said Rabbi Schomburg loves this stuff, Giftus, and our, all these funny languages. And over there it says, Afalp, Shaloy Nitnu Likrois. It says, you're not allowed to read from it. That manoma holds, Matzilin. You still save it, even though you cannot read from it. That fits in perfectly with Rav Chizda. So Rav Chizda has a Tana to rely on, Rav Huna has a Tana to rely on, and we're good to go. Nusogyo. Torah Abanon, Habrachos. A person in those days, they didn't have Sidurim. Everything was Balpeh. You weren't allowed to write a Siddur, as we'll see in a second. So if somebody writes down the Brachas in a Siddur, Shemona Esrei, all Brachas, Vakamein. And he writes these emulets, even though it has Hashem's name in it, and all these different psukim, that Rashi brings down, or all different psukim they used to put in their kameyas. Incredible. Comes a fire and is about to consume Hashem's name. Let Hashem's name burn. And this is why people say, If you're going to write down a brach, you're going to write, make a siddur, you should know you're like burning a tire because if a fire comes eventually, you can't save it. There's a story when a guy wrote down, he was found, the people heard that he's writing a siddur. They told Rabbi Shmuel about it. He himself, he didn't send the shliach. He himself went to check it out. <coughs> He's climbing up the ladder. So the guy writing the city realized, oh boy, I'm in trouble. They're coming to get me. Hirgish boy. Not out too much for brachas. He took a whole stack of these brachas. He got caught red handed. As he's putting, he's dunking all these shamois into water. So that Rabbi Shmuel shouldn't catch it. Rabbi Shmuel used these exact words. Your second sin is greater than your first sin. You just erase Hashem's name. That's a lot worse than writing Hashem's name. What are you doing? Just not to get caught, you do this. Crazy. The Rosh Galos asked Rabbi Baravona, Okay, Rabbi Schoenberg, don't listen to this. Hayyuksuvim Bissam with paint, Ubisikra, red pigment, Bekumas, gum. I'm just translating from the article. Not the, not the accurate Rabbi Schoenberg way. Ubekan Kantoim and copper sulfate. And he said it's something else. I don't remember anymore. Beloshan Akoidesh. So what happened? He writes a Sefer Torah perfectly, like we write it today. But he used the wrong ink. Can you save a Sefer Torah that was written improperly with the wrong ink? This wrong ink, is not gonna, it's not going to last. It's going to fade away eventually. It's not a good Sefer Torah. says, Gemara, you could ask this question according to Rav Huna, according to Rav Chizda, according to Rav Yaisi, according to the other Tana. In other words, whether or not you hold that you save a translated script 
you have the same question. Why? Even if a translated Torah, you have to save. I'm sorry. You don't save. That's because it's in English. But if it was written in Lashon HaKadosh, exactly identical to another Sefer Torah, just in 10 years from now it's going to fade. So you should save it like you save any, any Sefer Torah. Now you could go the other way. Even if you hold that you have to save. Sorry. Let me repeat. Why don't you save those? Because it was written in English. But since it was written properly, you have to save it. Even a translated script, you have to save. That's because it was written properly with the right ink. You don't save it. It makes sense to me. You don't have to save it. Rav Nuna says, you don't save it. Now, I saw in the Mishaburah this morning, he brings that a Sefer Torah that was written with puzzle ink, you're not allowed to read from it. Also to read from it. Why? Listen, you hear the, the chap here? Uh, any any uh, Navi, a Sefer Torah that was written in English, you could read from it. But a Sefer Torah that was written with this uh, sulfate, this copper sulfate stuff, you can't read from it. What's the difference? The difference is, The difference is, I allow you to, to translate the Sefer into English because the times require it. We're forgetting, we don't know how to read, we don't know how to understand, so I allow you to translate the Torah into English and therefore I can read it in English. But I never allowed you to write it with, with improper ink. I never, I never said that you could write it with, with puzzle ink. There's no way Yisla says Hashem Aferi Dersecha. And if there's no way Yisla says Hashem Aferi Dersecha says the Mishle Brura, therefore it's usher to read from it. Oh, so if it's usher to read from it, do I have to bury it? Yes, I have to bury it. Still say Fatar, I have to bury it. But the Chazanish comes up with the Chap and he says you have to bury it, but not the same way that you bury Sefer which is in an earthenware vessel. You just bury it. And it could, it could, you just put it in the ground and that's it. Fine. Now, they asked Rabbi Baravuna, what about the Sefer that's written with the, with the wrong ink? Do you save it? Do you not save it? He says, you don't save it. Nah, it's, not, it's not proper, you don't save it. But he says, I, I have a brysa that says, you save it, and how do you explain this brysa? You know what? I didn't know about this b'risa. And if there's a b'risa, I can't argue in a b'risa. It's the Tanoim. I can't, I can't argue with it. So that's it. Done. I think you don't save it. The b'risa says you do save it. Halach says you do save it. I can't argue with a b'risa. My Tanya, where does it say in the b'risa? Omer Ravashi, Kedisanya. Ain't being Sfarmila Megillah. There's no difference between all the Ksuvim, all the Nevi'im, and Megillah Sester. I can write any nach in any language. Megillah has to be written in on parchment in the proper ink. In other words, other svarim don't need the proper ink. So if they don't need the proper ink, I could save it. Or I have to save it. 
You see what's going on here? Megillah Esther needs proper ink. That means all other Svarim don't need proper ink. If they don't need proper ink, it's a proper safer. If it's a proper safer, I must save it. So not like Rabbi Baravuna thought that you don't save it. You have to save any safer that's written with the wrong ink, with the copper sulfate, you have to save it. If in the whole entire Sefer Torah I don't have 85 letters, the small parasha that has the upside down nun in the beginning and the end, we'll see a little bit about tomorrow, it has 85 letters in it. It's a small parasha. Not only is it a small parasha, it might be its own Sefer by itself, the Gemara says. In other words, I open up a Sefer Torah, everything's missing, it's all blank. All the letters fell off, Rahman al but I have a base from the word Bereshis, and I have a nun from the, the, the parish of Noyach, and a lamed from Lech Lecha, and I keep on going throughout the whole Torah until I get to 85. What do I do? Do I save it or not save it? I have 85 letters scattered around the entire Torah. Just ask, what about if I just have the whole Sefer Torah, I only have Vayibn Tzahar? Of course, that, that of course I have to bury the because in Vayibin has Hashem's name twice. All I need is one time Hashem's name, and I have to bury it just because of Hashem's name. Forget about the letters. I don't have a, I don't have Hashem's name, but I have 85 letters all over the place. You don't have to save it. If I take uh, Aramaic and I switch it into Lashon HaKadosh. I have to, I have to save it from a fire. And certainly if I take the Aramaic and the Sefer Torah or in the Nevi'im, and I switch it over to, to, to Lashon HaKodesh. Tagish of Torah, my new, it says in the Torah that Lavan said, Yigar Sahadusa. These are words in Aramaic. These two words, it means the mound of, of uh, the, the witness. Sahadusa, witnesses. Afalgav, the lesbo shmoinim, the chomish So it says, if I take these two words and I flip it into Lashon HaKodesh, I have to save it. Snu, so. It's even two words. Says Gemara, no, you didn't understand what he meant to say. If I have, let's say, 83, or no, not 83, but over here you have 3, 6, 9. So I have, I'm missing 9 letters from the 85, so I could go and take, translate, Yigar Sadusa, now I have 85 letters. It doesn't mean that Yigar Sadusa by itself requires me to bury, to be matzel. Are they all together in one place? Or are they all over the place? Even if they're everywhere. So over here, means I have to gather, I have to take it from all over the place. All over means that they're mefuzar, that they're, that they're not together. Why do I have to gather them if they're not together? In other words, they are mefuzer. 
85 The amount that is in Vahibin Torah, which is 85 Matzilin. To you, to the Rav, you know, that's a good Kashmir Ravuna. Says the Gemara, no. This that it says that you have to, that you gather, it doesn't mean you're gathering one letter from here, one letter from here. It means you have to take, you're gathering these, these words. But the Machlaikas of Ravuna and Rav Chizda is what if the letters, the, the, the actual letters are all over the place. From here you can't bring a right because we're talking about that the words are together. All right. Tomorrow we'll start over here from Tanu Rabbanon. Take it away, Noam, please. Take care of leader. Of Helsi. Have a wonderful day. Now, after, maybe she come after Tillam. What, for my son? Yeah. Zero. I'll probably start, I'll go back to base marriage in a day or two. So we'll do. No. I'm not sure why. I told you, he's very, he's very scared. He tried to get out of it. You have to apply for that test. I know, but the school, the school was supposed to administer the test. So I don't know what happened. I'm going to ask my wife what happened with that. No, we don't, we don't have Israeli insurance, believe it or not. Uh, Mati, your, your app can figure out if a guy has corona? Not yet. <laughs> Are you really working on it? No, I'm joking. There's an Israeli company yesterday that sold millions of dollars, an American company, that could do urine samples from a photo. Urine sample from a photo? The photo could analyze the urine sample and you could do it at home. It would have saved me that whole bush I had in the elevator that day. I'm sorry? You, you remember the story when that whole, that whole urine sample spilled on me in the elevator? It could have saved me. A little picture would have saved the day. Shmuley Lemmer, what time is it by you, Shmuley? One o'clock, you don't have to go to Yeshiva tomorrow? Yeshiva starts 10.30. Ah, COVID, COVID Yeshiva, 10.30. No, it's What happened? We just got a message on one of the groups. Uh, Daniel Landau is looking for someone to say Kaddish for his grandfather's website today. Today? Ben Avram.
I'm going to be at a minion. What's his name? Yaakov Shlomo? Okay, Bezer Hashem. Yes, Yoel, what's going on, Rabbi Yoel? I found the person who wants to buy your house. No way. If you find, found somebody who wants to buy my house, I'll give, you, I'll give you commission. How much commission do you want? How many dollars do I have to pay you? You want to buy it. So I, I'll pay you commission if you buy it. No, no, no. You pay his mother the commission. Listen, Yoel. Yo, what's going on here? This guy, Fivish. You know Fivish? Fivish has your last name. What's going on? <laughs> he adopted your name. No, Bergman for president. Ah, Bergman for president. Eddie, you've got Daniel's grandfather Fivish? Yeah. Like of Shlomo ben Avram. Oh, Aryeh is listening to some news in Chicago. I hear Albion and Clark. I'm used to them. I'm used to them. So, Yoel, Yoel, did you go to school yet? What's going on with school? You don't go to school, you're doing it online? Aha. My phone number is worthless, Yoel. It's worthless. My wife doesn't call me anymore. Trust me, it's worthless. Oh, Shmuley Filer wants it. But it's worthless for him also. Tell him to send me an email. And I'll, and I'll see what I can do. It sounds like Thank you. Really? Yeah. Did I go to Yeshiva in Israel? No way. I don't have time to teach. Who has time to teach? I give two Dafi Omi Shurim and I do the eight minute Daf. I don't have time. I wish there were more hours in the day. And I you wish. And you learn yourself. I, well, I have to learn myself in order to prepare the shear and the eight minute daf, which takes four hours just to prepare the eight minute daf. So, yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, no, no more time. Why? Where do you live again? Toronto, but I was in Israel and Orson And if I ever visited, I would love to see visit by. That's what I was asking. Oh, if you visit, you have to come by to, to, to our base measures in Ramavich. That's what everybody does. Even Fivish was there two weeks ago. Everybody comes by. So, how's your list going? Did you did you start working on your list? I did not. <laughs> you see, people push it off. Eh, tomorrow. You gotta have. You have. You have to have guts. Listen. You call up somebody. Say, listen. I'm working on myself. I decided I need to start making amends with this. And you just call. You'll see. It goes easy. One after another. Tac tac tac. So, let's say, for example, they say, okay, you speak to them. They say machulacha. The words they don't mean it. Like meaning that you say it, and like you, you said, you're honestly. This is the case. You try to move forward. 
Why? That's not your problem, though. If they told you they're moichel, you you don't have to be a you don't have to have ruach hakodesh and know what they're thinking. If they said it, then that's it. That you you tell Hashem. He told me he's moichel me, so I, I have to go into his kishkas and figure out that he didn't really mean it. He said he's moichel. That's it. I don't think that's a problem. If if you see that he's disingenuous, that he's not saying it seriously, that's something else, maybe. But if he says, no, I'm moichel you, I'm moichel you, that's it. That's all, that's all that's required, that you should say those words. So all that's required is that you say, uh, that you, you, you ask for forgiveness, and then he says, lecha, lecha, like, I, I, don't exactly. I don't know that he has to say those exact words. Yeah, I'm moichel you, lecha, whatever, I don't know. As long as he says he's moichel, you're moichel. He's moichel. Say, look, I'm turning a new page in my life, I was a big jerk, I, I, you have to put yourself really low. You have to say, listen, I acted really, I was, I was terrible, I was not sensitive, and I'm working on myself, I realize how, what a terrible, terrible human being I am, da, da, da. and then you get, if you say, but you did this to me, and th- then they're not going to be moichel you. So you just say, you just ignore everything they did. Obviously there's two sides to the story, and you might be right. But you just, you put yourself really low. The lower you put yourself down, the easier it is going to be for that guy to be moichel you, Sure, most of the time the guy will say, no problem, I understand, and the story, shalom. You know, and if you did, if you took something from the guy, if you owe him money, then you pay it back. Restitution, but if it's about it, just a fight, you said this and he said that, you just, you, you, that, I think that's the best way to do it. You put yourself, you make yourself really low, without, without excuses, you know what I mean? You said it should be like, you said you have like one more person, and I was like, wait, but I want to like, if, if you went to him and you asked for forgiveness, and then you brought him, like, meaning you're good to go, right? Like, meaning you tried your best, you, you tried to appease him, and like, you don't have to worry about you. I'm, I, uh, do I have a lacha? It's not about a lacha. I just, I, I have a conscience. I, I feel bad that this person is still upset at me. I don't really even know what I did to them, but they're upset. And, um, I try every once in a while, I call up, and they, they tell me the same thing. I don't think you really mean it. I don't think you really mean it. Blah, 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 and they, they hang up on me. So, whatever. Once in a while, when I have patience, I go through the whole process and I send some people and this and that. It's, you got it's a deep belly with a minion. <laughs> with uh, a minion? I've got a question, curiosity question. Yeah. Why eight minutes? Why not the 10 minute doc? What was the reasoning behind eight minutes? Well, would you watch it if it was 10 minutes? Eight minutes is better than 10. <laughs> Hello, first of all, after I did it, somebody, I don't know who it was, somebody sent me a great clip. It was the, it was literally, it was the eight-minute abs. Two guys were sitting in a blockbuster, and the guy goes... It's from the movie, There's Something About Mary. There you go. And the guy goes, I have the greatest idea. I have the greatest idea. Yeah, but look, everybody's... Well, it's appropriate. The guy said, seven-minute abs. Imagine if you walk into Blockbuster and you see two videos. One is eight-minute and one is seven-minute. Which one are you going to take? And it's literally what I'm thinking. No one in the right mind can do a seven-minute dab. It's impossible. I tried it. I can't even do eight minutes. So that's it. They're not going to be able to do seven-minute dab. Truth is, I don't know. I, 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 I just fiddled around. I figured in my head it's eight minutes. Now, I'll tell you why, because before I started the 8-minute daf, I was doing something on Thursday night in my house. I was giving over the 7 daf of the week. 
So people sat around my table. We had about 35 people every Thursday night. I gave out chant. They came really for the chant, not to hear me. But that was my reason of preparing this. So I would spit out the entire seven daf of the week. And it took me about seven, eight minutes per daf. That's how I figured it. So once I had that done, I said, look, if I'm going to do it on video, let me just be cautious and I'll add another minute to the seven, call it eight. I don't know. That's how... You, all you need to do is watch seven of my eight minute dafts and you're good to go. You don't need me. It was very hard. You know, it's another preparation. It's something else. It's something else to prepare. Thursday night, you get chomped. You don't have to sit through the whole seven daf. One daf is enough and then finished. Yalla, I'm going to go dive in. Why is that? Why? We love having you at home and spending time with us after. Ah, after. I jumped on YouTube to start my share and I see it's still on live. I'm like, dude, I'm jumping on Zoom. I'm going to say hello. Gravelli, how did you start this? Like, long whole thing here. How did you? It was a slow start. Slow start. What? No, I gave a Dafyomi Shir. I gave a Dafyomi Shir for eight years in Chicago in the Adas for Rani Shabbat and a few guys. I did the whole cycle for eight years. So I was always into the Daf. And I needed something that gave me a, uh, what's the word? Um, not incentive, uh, uh, something that, that, that um, a what? Not a drive, not a motivation, something that kept me. True, like I couldn't get out of it. Uh, what is it called? Um, maybe a commitment. Fine. I needed a commitment where I couldn't have excuses and this and that. So, so first, like I said, I started that Thursday night thing. And that was my commitment. And I, I forced myself. Even when I traveled to Chicago during the week, I never, I don't think I ever missed. I would make it back for the Thursday night cheer. No matter what, I paid extra money for my flights, I cut meetings short, I would hop on a plane and get back Thursday night. And that meant that while I was at all these meetings in, in Chicago and while I was on the plane, I, I never watched movies on the plane, I had to just pound that, those seven and a half. And I'll come off the flight, I would like be half, my eyes were like this, you know how it is, all the jet lag, sit down at the table and give the seven and a half. And that went on for... Well, seven daf, and you know, and that went on for a couple of years, maybe two years, and it was a very good commitment. But then people started saying, "Why are you doing this? Why don't you give us a dafiyomi share?" So then I, then we started dafiyomi, and then in the smack in middle, daf chav ches, in middle of a page, in the middle of a sugyo, it was unbelievable. But it was about that commitment. That the, the eight-minute daf is also about me. Not having excuses to do other things. Because anytime I want to do this, trust me, I'm, I'm crazy. I like, I told somebody the other day, I used to go to a lot scuba dive almost every week. I used to, the, like, I was flying a plane and just filling up my time with crazy stuff. So now, I don't have time to think about it. I can't go on vacation, I can't do anything. That, I really, I put myself in this jam, so I don't have time and I can't think about anything else and whatever. It's, it's a way to do it. If, look, some people are naturally devoted to learning, they love learning, this, that. Other people need excuses and they need things. You have to give a shear, you have a, 
So other people have a chavrusa, but a chavrusa you could just blow off. You know, today I, I'm not interested in coming. Yeah. You know, so this, this, the more people I have, now, now that I have this year, so I, when I, we used to have 20, 30, 40 people, it grew to like 40 people, that was a huge commitment. But when I would go to Chicago, I didn't feel that bad. I had Noam Fix, and I had Menachem uh, Mata, and worst comes to worst, Yididi Kramer stepped it in. So uh, people were upset at me, why did you leave? Da, 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 but it was, it was three days. Now I feel like really bad leaving because you have all these people that are used to my style and then somebody else steps in, it's a completely different style, it's this and that, and what, what are they going to do? You know, that sort of thing. So that's why I'm still here, that's why I'm on that streak. Now, <laughs> it's not even a joke, it, it, it was a big bracha for me. For me it was a bracha. Um, yeah. Anyways, I gotta go, Davin. Uh, who knows? I don't even know. <laughs> we'll find out in a few years. It's not important, Mati. It's just not important anymore. I'm telling you, it's not important. My, the the guy that takes care of my stuff, Bensi Friedman, he calls me every few weeks. He used to call me every day. Now it's like he can't even get a hold of me. He call, he, he texted me yesterday. Please call me. I forgot to call him. You know what I mean? He probably wants to tell me, hey, we need another million dollars. Could you please? Uh, get like, who cares? I gotta prepare this year, dude. We don't have time for this stuff. <laughs> Who has time? Mati! You have what's going on. I'm 47 years old. I have a grandchild. I'm almost dead. You know what I mean? Life is almost over. Yeah, that's how it works, my friend. It's like this. Life goes like this. A second ago, I was married. I just got married. My first child was born. My child is already 25 years old. It's crazy. It, Life, I don't have to tell you. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's almost all. It goes like this. Hey, look, he's shaking his head. Don't worry about it. He's shaking his head. The older you are, the, the more you understand this. It's not a joke. We're sitting here making money, making money, and another app, and another money, and another this. For what? We're, pretty soon we're not here, and then who's going to use the money? And my kids. So I might as well do what I need to do right now. What? I got to pay for my daughter to go to, to, to seminary next year. That you, you're, listen, you're still young. I'm not te- hello. I'm not telling you to stop working. <laughs> I'm just saying the drive, the, the, what I felt is like, I felt like life is almost over. It is. You know, I'm more than halfway through my life. So even if I live to who knows what, it's still more than halfway, right? And the, the life that I had until now went by so quickly. I remember when I was a, a yeshiva guy, Shmuley Lemmer's age. It was like yesterday. Everything is like yesterday. Just before you know it, boom, boom, boom. You get that white hair. You know, all of a sudden you start limping. All of a sudden this part of your body stops working. You can't jump anymore. And then that's it. And then uh, you start crying. So you got to come prepared. You got to invest for the future. You need money for the... He needs money for his daughter's seminary. And I need money for my Olam Haba. What are I going to come up there and they're going to say, uh, your bank account is empty, my friend. Empty. Because all you did all day is jumping out of planes and flying planes and scuba diving and going on vacation.